Good morning and welcome to episode 273 of Taking the Charge Podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein of High News. Thank you for stopping by. Nice to be home. Uh, it's nice to be away. It's nice to visit friends and family, uh, check out uh, new cities and stuff, but it's also nice to be back home. Uh, to Let's start off with uh, how you can get in contact with the show. If you want to get in contact, uh, reach out to me at High News. That is H-E-I-N-N-E-W-S on Twitter. You can go to highnews.com. You can catch me at highnews at gmx.de is the email address, highnews at gmx.de. You can go to the I go to the Facebook group. Just put in the search bar, Taking the Charge Podcast, and uh, we will welcome you in to the group. You can go to Patreon. Thank you for those wonderful people who are supporting the show. Become a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash taking the charge. And you can uh, help me out a little bit. Keep this boat afloat. And uh, go to iTunes, rate, and review the show. So, um, yeah, not too much basketball. I haven't really watched uh, all that much. Uh, checked uh, Checked out a... Euro Cup game last night. I was writing a report about Euro Cup. Limoges. Um, couple of nice guys on that. That's a nice. Uh, that's a nice little team. Um, and um, who were they playing? They were playing Bilbao. Man, I tell you what. Uh, I'm trying to blank on his first name. Uh, Alex Mumbro. Golly, man. He. You know. Uh, the fact that he's. Able to do the things he's able to do still. Uh, I think he's, what, 30, at least 37. He might even be 38, 39. It's just amazing. And, um, but, uh, and they, that's an interesting team. They fired their coach, brought in, uh, brought in a Serb. Uh, but they have a, uh, you know, that's a team that I think can be more dangerous down the road, you know, um, now it's it's totally different. See, you know, with a with a new coach and and you know, he's gonna have his own philosophy and see what the guys he's got. Uh, but it's kind of disappointing because you had two guards that came in from from South America in uh, R- Ricardo Fisher and Lucio uh, Redivo. Um, a Fisher is uh, Brazilian and and uh, Redivo is um is from Argentina. And you know it's a different game. It's a different game in Europe, and and um, and so these guys, you know, they still you know getting used to the getting used to the game, and and um, and you know the success that w- wasn't there for Bilbao, and 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 they fired the coach, and so I just hope that these guys get a fair shake still, and and are able to kind of keep 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 going here in in Europe. You know, uh, Fisher's been uh, pretty good. Uh, Re- um, Redivo had some big shots yesterday in the loss um so it was that was that was uh, interesting to, to to watch that game Limoges, you know with uh um matthew howard nice player uh conkle um and i uh, saw that there and 99 born uh timothy basile got in the a game at the end of the game you know that's this one of the next step for some of these french clubs is you know, bringing in some of these youngsters and letting them get some burn at the end of games. Um, I remember Teo Maladon, believe with Asvel, if not uh, Asvel, one of the one of the top French clubs. Uh, he's a 2000 born. He was uh, starting getting hit into into some games here and there. So that's kind of like the next step for some of these guys is is getting them some burn. Uh, so, um, so I watched that game last night. But otherwise, really haven't been watching too much. Um, just kind of uh, playing around, joking around with some uh, some basketball friends uh, last night when the the news that um, that the Lithuanian club Lit uh, Kabalis has uh, supposedly reached out to to the Ball family agent um, after talk that. Uh, Leangelo and Lamelo Ball might uh, might uh, be interested in playing overseas. Obviously, China is, is pretty much out of the question now. Uh, and, and yeah, you just try to figure out where you know who would who would be willing to take on a circus like this. And 
you know, Lithuania is pretty crazy. So, you know, they might, uh, for crazy for basketball. So they might take him on, you know, Turkey. You could imagine that a Turkey club, you know, Besiktas is, uh, you have to think that Besiktas brought in, um, uh, Besiktas brought in uh, Alan Iverson. Uh, I want to say that uh, Besiktas also had um, uh, Darren, uh, Darren Williams, if I'm not mistaken. You know, so Turkey, uh, but I don't know if um, I don't know if the balls want to go down to Turkey. Kind of a questionable uh, security safety uh, spot down there. I don't know if they really want to necessarily do that. Um, but uh, yeah. uh, circus, <laughs> wherever they go, uh, if they come to Europe, um, you know, <laughs> watch out. And and, and it's gonna be. Yeah, just you're trying to think. Okay, where where could they land? You know, have to be like a club, kind of, you know, looking for some, you know, almost almost like a publicity stunt, if you will, you get more attention. And you know, you don't see any of the Belgrade clubs doing that necessarily. Um, I mean, there is a little bit of of there's a little bit of precedent with a UCLA guy going to um, to Belgrade. You had um, you had uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Yona Bolden. Went to, he didn't go to Mega, he went to FMP. Uh, so, you know, there's that, but obviously, bold and then balls are just too, you know, it's not even on the same, uh, same stratosphere as far as uh, attention and everything else. But uh, yeah, so, you know, and nobody in Spain's going to, you know, necessarily do it just because there's no, um, uh, you know, they're, they're under pressure to win and, you know, you know, Langelo, you know, nobody really says that Langelo is really that great of a player, at least from what, what I've seen, read. And, you know, LaMelo, he's a high school senior. He's 16, so he's not going to – or 16 or 17, so he's not going to really help out a team, a professional team necessarily that much, you know, especially if you're – you know, if you have a tendency to be a little bit more of a uh, of a uh, egocentric uh uh, player, you know, you want to have the ball at all times and take questionable shots, even if he's a good, you know, shot maker. But uh, yeah, so that's gonna be interesting development over the next uh, couple of weeks. What happens there? But um, yeah, so I guess you know, let's move to the interview. You know, this is uh, something that I've been actually trying to trying to get um, trying to get this guy on for the last couple uh, last actually last couple months. Just it finally uh, worked out. And uh, it's a it's a it's a really interesting uh, development in the world of broadcasting here in in, uh, in basketball worldwide. Really, uh, the the guy's name is uh, gentleman's name is uh, Ben Reynolds. He is the founder, co-founder, and CEO of Spock, which is a sports commentary uh, sports commentary platform. Let's call it that. Uh, and uh, he is a native of New Zealand, and uh, both him and his and his co-founder uh, Mike is—they're both from—they're both from New Zealand. So, here's my chat with uh, uh, Ben Rells. If you don't know about Spock, uh, you will. Uh, just have—you uh, know—had a really enjoyable time talking to him, and and this is actually something you know. You know, a lot of these interviews that I do, it's, it's just kind of background and, and you know get information on things and you know get to know certain things but this is actually something you after after you're done with this and after we're done you're done listening to this interview then this is actually something that you can actually go to do you know um i'll let you listen enjoy a talk again here ben reynolds uh of spock and uh, we'll catch you on the other side so on the show this week we have ben reynolds the co-founder and ceo of spock uh ben thanks for taking some time out uh in the evening to uh chat chat with me thanks for uh, having me along david it's uh, great to be here um yeah so uh spock is probably uh it's something that that uh, i'm sure some of my uh some of the Listeners know a little bit about, um, uh, but uh, probably as as far as you are concerned, not enough people. <laughs> um, so I guess just first start off with uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Spock and uh, 
and what you what you do and uh just to um give a, a little foundation of it so that and then we'll kind of go into a couple different areas uh, after that sure thing sounds uh sounds good well, look, I think the, the best way to sort of tell you tell you about Spork is sort of run you through the the story quickly. So me me and my co-founder, uh, Michael, um, about two years ago, we, we just got sick and tired of, of the regular TV sports commentators. Um, so we're originally from New Zealand. I'm actually coming to you over the phone from New Zealand today. Uh, and there's a commentator down here called Justin Marshall that we just absolutely hated, um, who commentated every rugby game that was on TV. Um, and so we said to ourselves, look, we can, we can do a better job of commentating. Um, so we downloaded a, a free internet radio tool and really started doing our own, our own play-by-play and our own color commentary. So we'd broadcast it for free online and suddenly we had thousands of people who were muting their own TVs and listening to us rather than, rather than just a Marshall and rather than the other commentators that, uh, that were on offer. And we built a little roster of friends that were coming in and doing guest appearances on our show. Uh, and it was, I mean, an enormous amount of fun and we had really, really good feedback and engagement. Um, but the one complaint we kept getting was your commentary is two minutes out of time with the live TV. So if you think about what's happening, us and the viewers are all watching the same video, but our audio is taking 30 seconds to a minute to go through the internet, get back to our viewers. Uh, and so our commentary is totally out of time, which in, a, in any sport is, uh, is, is impossible to watch when the commentator's uh, that, far out of, out, that far out of time. So we, sort of have an, we both have an engineering background and said to ourselves, hey, we can, we can solve that synchronization issue. Um, and so broadly, that's, that's exactly what Spork does. It uh, synchronizes remote audio from, from fans just like us to existing live, uh, live content and live streams. Um, and the cool thing was, is we've been able to build uh, a business around what started uh, really as a passion project. So today we, we go and work with a number of broadcasters and sports leagues, uh, including FIBA, uh, around the world. And we, we, we sell them our, our technology so that they can get fans commentating their content in different languages and different styles and for different demographics. Uh, and then their fans are able to go on, watch a game and pick their favorite commentator, whether it's somebody speaking their native language or maybe it's a social influencer or a comedian. So that's sort of the, the story and uh, really, really what Spork's about. Um, so, yeah, so it's been a, a fun journey so far. Um, the, the reason we got in contact originally back uh, in the summer was you guys uh, hooked up a deal with FIBA. You mentioned FIBA to, to – um, have games from the FIBA U19 Basketball World Cup in Cairo, and um, and um, I believe uh, no, I don't, I don't actually remember uh, how many different languages you actually did have on that from that. Yeah, so it was it was over ninety commentators in five languages. Five languages, okay. Um, maybe just in general, how that how that uh, turned out. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, FIBA hasn't been an awesome organization to, to work with. I mean, they, they stream all of their youth uh, tournaments around the world every year, which I think is something like 1,200 or 1,300 uh, games that they're streaming. So there's stuff happening almost every day uh, all, all around the world. It's more than that even. Uh, but there's games happening every day all around the world. Um, and so I think the interesting thing with FIBA is they, they didn't have a way to get commentators at every single one of these events simply because it was logistically too difficult to organize somebody to fly to Cairo this week and then Guam the next week and Korea the week after that and Brazil the week after that. And so using something like Spork, they could have fans who were watching, maybe it was their friends or family competing, uh, but they were sitting at home commentating via a laptop uh, and FIBA was suddenly able to have this huge groundswell uh, of commenta- commentators who were who are really getting involved and in, and in, in customizing this content for for their fans around the world. So yeah, I mean the the stats out of that were were really really good. We had like I say ninety commentators, five languages, uh, over thirty games at the U19 World Cup were commentated, and I think there was something around something like six and a half million, seven million uh, viewers that engaged with that across the various sort of social media channels and, um, and, and, and also Spork where we, where we offered the content alongside YouTube Live and Facebook Live. 
So great result. And FIBA was was satisfied. Yeah, definitely. I mean, straight after after the under nineteen uh, men's World Cup, we ended up doing the women's World Cup as well. Uh, the under I think it was sixteen Oceania champs, the under seventeen Euros, uh, and a bunch of their other youth content that we covered uh, through the tail end of the season. And uh, look, I'm hopeful. Uh, I mean, no no promises yet, but I'm hopeful we'll be able to deepen the partnership next year and uh, continue to provide a, a cool fan engagement opportunity for FIBA's fans around the world. You say fan engagement. Um, maybe logistically, how does a fan say, "All right, you know, Ben says I can do this"? How do how, how do they go about doing this? What is the process for the fan to uh, to call these games? Sure thing. So our our model is is really we 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 give the technology to the content owner, and it's up to them to decide who they want to commentate and how they want to do it. So FIBA was was quite unique, and they said, look, we literally want any fan to be able to commentate. Uh, they're allowed to do it as long as they don't swear or insult the referee or do anything else that might uh, bring the brand into disrepute. So we, we had a bit of uh, sort of editorial uh, element to it. Um, but it was literally a case of um, FIBA would post on social media saying, look, any interested commentators, here's the link to go and commentate. Um, people would jump on, go through the sign-up process, have a quick tutorial on how it works, and then they can be commentating in less than two minutes, uh, f- literally from their laptop anywhere in the world. All they need is uh, an internet connection. Um, so let's let's go then your next steps. Um, you know, I, I, I know you have something coming up in – uh, I don't know if it's actually started now or if it's already started, but with um, I think Sports FX, Sports Fix, is that what it's called? Sports Fix, yep, correct. Sports yeah. Fix. So we, um, so I mean, like like I say, I mean, when we when we started the business, it was it was really a passion project that um, Michael and I built to solve a solve a problem that we had in our in our day to day lives as as sports fans and. The cool thing is, is we've been able to turn it into a business out the back of that. So we've worked really closely with um, a bunch of broadcasters and, and rights holders around the world. Um, one of our one of our good partners or best partners is a is a broadcaster in New Zealand called um, Maori Television. Um, so they use us to provide multilingual commentary on on all of their content, um, on all of their sports content. So I mean, one of the recent events we had with them was uh, the the high, New Zealand high school basketball champs, which is the I guess the equivalent of um, of March Madness in, in New Zealand, not quite at the same scale, but um, uh, the equivalent of March Madness in New Zealand. And um, again, on that, they had dozens of commentators who were who were coming on and engaging in the content. Um, so for us, it's really now about uh, continuing to build these relationships with with broadcasters and content owners, um, and making sport more accessible to to more fans around the world. And let's say let's say I'm a I don't know. Let's say I'm an aspiring sports commentator, and do I? Is there a way that I can get a copy of this so that let's say I can cut, you know, my call of a of a fantastic dunk or whatever? And I mean, is you know, or to send a link to this, you know, to my friends so that they can, you know, uh, you know, take a listen to me calling a game or whatever. Is is are those? Is that uh, is that available for? the the fans of the, for the, the the commentators that you bring on on for the, for this yeah definitely i um i don't want to answer too many answers with it depends but uh, it <laughs> it depends um so the i mean there's two two models that we really follow one is we go and sell the software to a broadcaster um it's totally up to the broadcaster about who commentates what they can do with that content, who owns the audio, all of that. We're just purely selling them the, the technology. Then there's the, the sort of flip side, and this is this is the FIBA example, where we have our own distribution platforms, sort of like YouTube or or Twitch, for those of you that are that are familiar with um, any of any either of those two platforms. I mean YouTube obviously everyone is. Um, but um, and on there it's a it's a way where people can go and post a live stream link from anywhere on the internet and commentate it straight away. And then all of that content, whatever game it is, wherever it's taken place, is available to them to play back, share, um, show their commentary as a portfolio item and, and things like that. So, I mean, it's really interesting that we're, we're starting to see that profile pages on 
on Spork are now being used by commentators to, uh, as their, I guess, resume to provide through to broadcasters and uh, colleges and, and, other, and other things where they may want to uh, try and actually get a professional play-by-play gig. Um, and Spork's providing uh, the, the, the case study or the portfolio for them to do that. So I think one of the, one of the exciting opportunities that we see is beginning to start acting as a, as a bit of a matchmaker between really talented commentators and talent uh, and sports leagues and teams and colleges who need uh, need commentators, um, and suddenly you can you can match up these 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 two people using the underlying data of who's listening, how long they're listening for, what language is the commentary in, how good are they, uh, match them up, and then suddenly we're a, we're a marketplace for helping commentators get more jobs. You know, one of the things that I thought, um, and I'm sure you're going to be happy that I say this, um, but one of the things I thought um, about, especially at the at the at the under nineteen World Cup, and really for any international competition, um, uh, is as a as an organizer for FIBA. You know, I I love this idea because then, in theory, I don't just have highlights of. You know the spectacular dunk and 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 this block and all that that I can splice together and, and put on YouTube and have clicks and stuff like that, but I actually have the commentary in Spanish, and in Russian and in Chinese, that that reaches that many more fans because then you have the, you know the enthusiasm of oh my God what a block in Russian in Chinese and Japanese so you know which which really um makes it that much more you know makes it you know makes my my product FIBA my product that much more accessible or or exciting to that many more people you know so I mean for me you know when when you know when when you when you approached me and told me about this idea from from FIBA side I work a lot with FIBA and I thought you know this is a fantastic opportunity for for FIBA to cut their highlights and, and put the Spanish commentary on you know? Yeah. So if you if you look at the, um, I mean, it's really interesting you say that on, on the on the final at the U nineteen World Cup, which was between Canada and Italy, uh, we had we had four different language commentators. So we had a, a Canadian commentator doing doing the English call. We had uh, an Italian like super fan who was who was commentating in Italian, and a Spanish and a French commentator. And so what FIBA were able to do off the sport platform was. Yeah, if you watched on Spork, you could pick a different language and you could choose which one you wanted. But they were also able to publish each live stream with the specific language they wanted to each of their different language pages on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And so you ended ended up having the same live video stream, but with four different language calls, each going to its respective language uh, FIBA Facebook page. So FIBA France has the French call. FIBA Italy had the Italian call, and the main FIBA page had the had the had the Canadian uh, English call on it. So exactly like you're saying, for them it's just customizing content at scale, um, and suddenly there's 10, 20, 30 different versions of the same live stream, but each targeted at a different audience. So I mean, I think language is is a really easy one to get your head around, um, but I think there's some other really interesting uh, applications as well. You think about um, things like female commentary teams, um, and it's a big focus of us to to, to have um, typically underrepresented groups uh, in the commentary box. Um, and suddenly, if you've if you've got a female commentary team, young women are more likely to watch and get engaged in that content. And you've mm-hmm. got this this new demographic which previously hasn't really been catered to by by broadcasters who's who's engaging in the content because they can relate to the person in the commentary box. They're talking at their level. Um, they're, they're, they're actually uh, giving a slightly different call that appeals to, to this different group. So yeah, it's all about customizing, customizing content and giving viewers uh, yeah different experience based on who they are and what their values are. Uh, well, what percentage of the commentators that you've had were, would you say uh, are women then? Sure. So we've got about three and a half thousand commentators total. About a hundred and fifty are women. Um, so it's a, it's definitely a low percentage at the moment. Um, but typically, it's because we're when we go out, a broadcaster will say, 
hey, look, here's an opportunity for, for, for you to do a, a social influencer or have a female commentary team uh, in the box and we'll identify some, some talent with them uh, that, that's relevant to come and do that specific call. Um, and so most of those commentators are, are actively engaged, female commentators who are, who are always doing different calls for, for, for different sports organizations around the world. And, and do you see different demographics? I mean, do you see then that women, if women's call, if women games are called that, that there's more women watching the games? I mean, it's, I guess, I guess you have to know who the viewer, who, you know, the actual demographics of the viewer, but I mean, do you see yeah, that, so that, one of, that? One of the really good things you can get from, uh, particularly when you're streaming from Spork to Facebook live, one of the really useful things you can get from Facebook's analytics tools is, what demographic of people are, are, are watching. And so typically the, the number we see is a, a 40% top line increase in the number of people that are watching. Uh, and then of that, 30 to 35% are just new viewers who never would have engaged with this before. So that's a mixture of women, uh, different uh, ethnic groups who may have previously had not had language that was appealing to them, uh, and then just other fans who previously never saw it in newsfeed because none of their friends were watching and none of their friends were engaging, but because they've got a friend who's now watching because the commentator is more interesting to them, uh, suddenly it's in their news feed. They're watching the live stream. They're getting commentator that's customized to them. If I'm watching a game um, and there's a Spock uh, alternative, <laughs> let's call it that, uh, how do I go about getting that You know, from, from a regular – let's say regular feed from the sure how do i how do i change sure so it depends it's okay. <laughs> i'll say it again it's okay it's okay <laughs> so the, the um the uh the, the 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 two main options is one if if we if we have sold to a broadcaster who's using spork it's all done on their platform so i mean a good a good example of that is is sports fix who we're, who we're launching with this weekend uh in southeast asia um there are they they broadcast a ton of uh, different football or, or, or soccer for the for the American listeners, uh, cricket, basketball, um, a ton of different content in, in Southeast Asia, um, and we're completely white labeled onto onto their website. So it's literally while what you're watching. What does that what does that mean? White labeled. So as you're watching the stream next to the video, there's a there's a, a series of avatars, and each of those avatars has a has a name and a, and a language next to it, and so you can pick the avatar that you want to listen to. And our system automatically swaps out the audio without without changing the video at all. Okay, so um, my avatar would be my face, whatever, in English, for example. Correct, correct, okay. correct. And your and and your name alongside it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then so what 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 we also do is um, based on the the language of the the operating system of the of the device you're on, we make sure that the first commentator you get is whatever device language you have. So if you've got it set to uh, Bangla or Hindi or whatever language it's in, uh, our, our commentary will default to that for you. Um, but if you prefer to listen to English, you can go and click to listen to the English one instead. How and many, then the sorry, other, go, ahead, go ahead, keep going, kill. So that's, a, that's the first one. When we, when, we, when we sell to a broadcaster, it's all done on their site. Um, when we work with an organization like FIBA or we do a lot of work with uh, smaller colleges in, 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 in North America, um, a lot of that content will go through our own YouTube-style platform. And in that case, it's it's very, very similar to, to the broadcast model. It's just that it's on our site rather than it being on a broadcaster's site. So again, it's next to the video, there's a series of avatars. You click on the commentator you want to listen to, and our system does all the heavy lifting to make sure that that audio is perfectly in time with the video. Okay. And, and do you have let's call them commentating personalities yet. I mean, like, you know, you think of just because off the top of my head, you know, um, ESPN, you, know, you think Dick Vitale, you know, or, you know, you know, Jeff Taylor, you know, do you have commentating personalities who have already started to, let's say, build up a following, I guess, if you want to say that? Yeah, definitely. So we've, we've sort of flipped it around the other way and gone out and found non-traditional influencers and comedians given them and given them a platform to do sports commentary oh, wow. so i mean yeah. given 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 we're a young platform getting the word out there is 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 what we're all about and so if we can find influencers and comedians who have reach already and maybe they they have not done any sports commentary before but hey here's a platform to come and commentate 
whatever uh for them it's a it's a it's a a great opportunity to build their profile and then we get all of their followers and their social graph engaging with with us as well so um a good example of that is at the at the new zealand high school basketball champs on on maori television we had a a a well-known comedian uh guy williams um come and commentate uh, on the on the final, uh, both the boys and the girls um, final for that, and um, he's he's a comedian. He's a pretty he's a very funny guy, um, and he's never done sports commentary before. But he's a huge basketball fan, okay, okay. and so you got this really interesting uh, take on it, where it was um, sort of him him trying to be funny, but also trying to be very like uh, loyal to the game and do a very like professional call. And um, and then the Uber Eats turned up halfway through the game. So he's running out to get his Uber Eats while, while he's carrying the laptop doing his commentary. And um, it was it was hilarious. And in the end, about 80% of um, the people who are watching listened to his commentary above and beyond the professional option that was available there, um, simply because it was a, a different, totally new spin on uh, on, on the commentary. Um, let's say I want to call X game between this person and that person, uh, this team and that team, my, but I want to call it with my buddy, Oz Davis, who's in a different city. Can we co-commentate on a game from different locations? You can. Um, so that's a feature we've actually just released. Um, hasn't been you hasn't been used by FIBA yet, but it's been used by a number of other colleges and uh, smaller sports organizations and it allows you to do exactly that so you can be sitting in mexico city and a friend in uh, london and another friend in, uh, in shanghai all commentating the same piece of content and then we synchronize your collective audio up and then publish it out to a viewer it's, it's almost like a group uh a group skype chat i guess mm-hmm. um but we've got to do some some clever synchronization to make it work for for the end viewer and is that all right you say sync up um if somebody um if some but it's but it's it's simultaneous with the game that's going on though that the broadcast that everybody else would be watching though correct so that's the that's the challenge of um of of the spork system right is people everyone's watching the same piece of video content and so what we've got to do is for the end viewer institute a small delay to push the time of their video slightly behind where the commentators are watching so that we can collect the commentator's audio, get that through the internet and send it to the viewer so that the viewer gets the commentator audio and it plays at the same time as the video. Does, right. that, does that make sense? Yes, a, yes, 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 yes. Well, and, um, and, and, and so what are you talking like? A second, two seconds, three, five, ten seconds? Um, It it depends on where the commentators are. So Mm -hmm. we, on our platform, we want to be as reliable as possible. So we put 30 seconds in. Um, And so that means that if you've got a commentator who's sitting in, I don't know, rural Nebraska on 2G or 3G internet... Uh, it means that we can we can still get their commentary in. We've got time to to deal with any buffering that they've had on their end and deliver a, a really reliable uh, experience to fans. Um, but when we go and deal with broadcasters, and they can they can guarantee that their commentators got a really stable fiber internet connection, we can get it down to two to eight seconds. Two so it really depends. It's a it's a trade off between reliability uh, and 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 speed. So. Hmm. Let me, I'm trying to think how I can formulate this question. So let's say me and I'm, I'm here and Oz is in L.A. and we're calling a college basketball game in wherever. And uh, so you're you're the, you're making this game available. You know, we're us two. We're not the only ones who are calling this game. Somebody else is calling this game. Let's say in whatever in that city. You know, they're actually in the city and they're calling the game. Not at the game, but they're calling the game from 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 a from a stream. Um, and basically, the viewer has the cho- you know in this case those two options, and they can choose me and me and Oz or this other person. The 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 other person would also be have the thirty second delay. Is that correct? In this case, it, it, or it, however it, it, however long the delay is needed for me so, for for our broadcast. So 
Yep. So I think I think I understood your question there. So you're saying when there's more than one commentary option, yeah, uh, and each commentator or each commentary option, they're all different places around the world. Yeah. So time time is relevant, uh, uh, relative, right? Um, so the way the way we deal with that is wherever the viewer is at in the stream, they will get audio from the commentator synchronized to that point in the stream. So if the viewer is watching and they're at a minute 32 into the game, um, whatever audio you were commentating at a minute 32, whether you were doing that 30 seconds ago or five seconds ago, that's what the viewer will get. Um, and so all we're effectively doing is managing the relative time workflows between different commentators to deliver a live edge through to the viewer. Okay. So there's quite a few moving parts, which is why this is or was quite challenging to to build, particularly a, a stable, reliable broadcast uh, version of the product. Cool. How do I know if I can call a game? What? How do I know what games are let's 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 say available? Sure. So on 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 our platform, um, any live stream that you can find on YouTube Live or live stream that you have the rights to, you can simply copy paste the URL onto our site, start commentating. I have so, that I have the rights to. Correct. So that's that's an important distinction we make is like on our platform you've got to have the rights to put it on there. So that's how FIBA uh, FIBA has the rights obviously to all their content. So they'll go and post it on the platform and get people commentating. It makes it really, really easy for a college or a sports club or a uh, school to go and say, hey, well, we've got a, a small little league game this weekend, post the link on there, and suddenly mum, dad, and, uh, and grandma at home are able to go and commentate or, or watch or whatever it is. So we've built seamless integrations with YouTube and Livestream. On the broadcaster side, look, it's, when, it's whenever the broadcaster tells you um, that, you're, that you're able to commentate. So it really depends on how, how well we can get client coverage uh, with those broadcasters. And really, that's our that's our focus at the moment is scaling up the number of tier one broadcasters that that we have access to uh, around the world, um, so that we can really, I guess, grow and give more people a chance to to, to commentate their favorite sports. So I, I went to Western Western Illinois University. If I want to call a Western Illinois University game, they basically have to have their game online and. Um, I'm trying to think how this, but but how? Yeah, how... sure. So I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you an example. So um, we're working at the moment with a with a with a small uh, school in Wisconsin called Marion Marion College. Uh -huh. um, so with their content, they're streaming it all onto YouTube Live. So they'll get have, have a couple of uh, I mean either sophomores or, or juniors who'll go and man a camera at all of their football and their basketball games, uh, and they'll stream that content for free onto YouTube. Um, sometimes it'll have commentary, sometimes it won't because it's a bit too difficult to organize logistics of, of commentators for a, for a two or three hour, um, football match. Um, and so they might broadcast it with, with no commentary. Um, with Spork, once it's on YouTube, you take that URL, copy paste it onto our site, and then suddenly it's, it's on there, it's available to commentate immediately. People can sit in their dorm rooms, commentate it there. People can be in other states around the world commentating that content. Um, and so what we see a lot of the colleges doing is using it for home away commentary so that they don't have to have, um, they don't have, to have commentators traveling uh, to go and do the away games and they can save some cost. Um, and then they can use that cost to make sure that they've got enough people available for, for the home games. But, um, I mean, a, a really interesting sort of stat that we found when we were going through and researching all of the, all of the colleges in the U.S. is there's about 3,000 colleges in, in, in North America. About half of them are, are streaming every single piece of athletics content that they, that they have. And of those, those, those 1,500 schools, about half have no commentary. So every week there's 750 schools who are broadcasting silent sports content which just has some clapping or crowd noise uh for free onto youtube live and, and they're and, getting and that's and that's youtube then most almost all of that is youtube so it's about 40 percent youtube okay. um and then the mix the balance is a mixture of live stream you stream 
Boxcast, Stretch Internet, um, a bunch of other smaller providers. Um, mm-hmm. But YouTube is definitely the the incumbent in the market simply because it's so it's so easy to use. Um, I mean, Facebook uh, Facebook Live is starting to grow, but um, YouTube's definitely got the uh, got the biggest user base at the moment from from the upload standpoint. And and so if if uh, College X is providing you know is 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 going to be streaming this game on their YouTube channel. All I need to do ahead of time is get the URL and you know whatever organize my time so that I'm there to call the game, put it on your on on Spock, and then can commentate it. Correct. So generally, the generally the colleges are uh, are doing the the upload process, and then they just share it with their fans and say, "Here's the link to commentate. Here's the link to watch." Um, and using it as a as a social media tool to go out and um, and attract yeah you know, either fan engagement from from students who maybe sit at the dorm room and, and don't go to the game but watch the game on YouTube but here's a way that they can actually engage with the broadcast um, and then also for for alumni and and friends and family um, and then the last big use case for them is that is that home away commentary uh, element. So is but this is this only is this only if a I mean it's not only if a college says you know all right this game is uh, is available for commentary I mean it's if they're if they're if they're going to stream it on 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 you on YouTube and make it known ahead of time then you can commentate on that is that because you were mentioning as far as like if you if you have the rights for it yeah correct so that's why we go and partner with the colleges. So okay. we, I think one of the one of the big things when we when we originally started out, we we said to ourselves, look, let's let's just make this, uh, uh, let's try and build a, a Netflix for sport, if you like, uh-huh. um, and have people commentating NBA and NFL and everything on um, uh, on on a platform. That would be the the best way to democratize uh, sort of access to sports commentary. Um, but what you <laughs> I think what we realized pretty quickly is uh, obviously uh, no one's just going to give you their rights to, to, to go and broadcast their content if they're, if they're a, a big name like the NBA or whatever. Um, and so in, with, with that in mind, we really, I guess, changed our model and moved our value proposition towards the broadcaster, the college, the content owner. And so we, we see our customers as the content owner. And then the users are the people who are benefiting from it. They're the sports fans and the and the commentators. But we're really really focused on working with the rights owner rather than stealing content, pirating content, doing anything else to uh, get in between that that content owner and the uh, and their fan. I think I have to ask one more question because I didn't quite figure it out. So let's say. Um, Let's say Western Illinois University, just because that was on uh, my mind, and and they are streaming their basketball game with uh, I don't know uh, University of Te- University of Denver, um, and they're streaming it on YouTube. They they don't uh, they're not working. Let's say with you, you know, they're just on their own, just streaming this content. Um, is it? Can 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 anybody take that link and, and then co- and commentate on that game? Yep. So t- technically, people can upload the link, um, and the content will be available to commentate. Um, we'd pretty quickly get onto it if it wasn't clear that, for example, if we could see that the excuse me the account that uploaded it wasn't a Western Illinois email address, we'd probably email and say, "Hey, we see you're not." doesn't look like you're from the organization do you have access or the rights to this content so the commentator could upload it and commentate it um and i mean we we we'd we'd have the conversation and make sure that they have they have access to that and probably reach out to the school and say hey by the way it looks like there's some some interest from from your fan base and from your uh, alumni and commentating your content um can we can we sort of formalize your involvement with Spork and actually uh, get you guys using it more regularly. So I think once you once you actually get the college engaging, uh, you get a ton more uh, engagement and uh, and usage of, of, of Spork because you've got them emailing out on their alumni database and they've got them uh, putting out flyers at the game and um, telling people about it um, versus trying to like quietly under the table put content on there um, that uh, that 
people may not have the rights to. So we definitely have oriented our model to where towards look, let's partner with the rights owner. Let's make sure that they know their content's there, they know their fans want to see it there, uh, and then really help them grow their audience so that over time they can get more sponsors, save money with commentators, do all, all those sorts of things. So for somebody, if somebody's interested in commentating a game but they don't know if, uh, if their college works with you, contact you contact the school or how would they go it's about best, doing that? it's best to contact us um best to contact us so there's a there's a contact form on our site or um i mean just email me at uh, ben at spork.co um and yeah we can we can have the conversation with uh with the college i mean we've we've just actually uh hired two guys uh up in up in the u.s alex and alex and jacob and ann arbor michigan um who won they've sort of opened our our formal USHQ uh, there in in Ann Arbor, but um, they're also doing a lot of outreach to to colleges and uh, and schools around the US. So we've probably got a good connection or a or, or a contact at um at at your school or wherever wherever it is. So if you are interested in commentating their content, sort of let us know and we can we can do the heavy work to make sure that it's uh, it's it's legal and uh, everyone's happy. So you might not be able to call that first game that you want. You might be able to call the next game then, in other words, right? Exactly, exactly. Okay, okay. Um, how do I find out? Yep. Um, you know, one of the things that that is kind of, um, you know, it's, it's a super, you know, industry growing and it's esports. Um, is, is that something that you're – I know this is a big uh, endeavor that you're on right now, and 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 I'm sure esports is you know esports is becoming a, a monster that that I think a lot of people are trying to figure out how to deal with um, from the quote traditional sports landscape. Um, how are you getting your head around esports? Sure, I mean I think exactly like you say, it's a huge growth industry at the moment. I mean the number of uh, not only NBA teams, but um, down in uh, Australia, a lot of the AFL teams and um, a lot of the NFL teams are all uh, acquiring or partnering with esports teams and leagues. And yeah, exactly like you say, it's a, it's a huge industry now. Um, I think from from sort of our standpoint, I um, I mean that the concept of of shoutcasting and, and 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 commentary alongside esports goes goes hand in hand with with the it's pivotal to the broadcast product just like it is on traditional sports and the tough thing for us is we want to make sure that we when we when we do focus on esports we we give it a a proper go and a proper nudge um rather than sort of trying to do it but not quite understanding the market um so we're starting now to have some some interesting conversations with with a, with a few potential partners uh down in new zealand um so there's a there's an esports league down there who are got the license to organize various NBA 2K tournaments around New Zealand. Um, and so the, the the reason they're interested in using Spork is to get traditional, professional uh, basketball commentators who are used to commentating the, 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 the traditional, in quotation marks, uh, basketball um, game and then having them commentate NBA 2K. Um, so you've got this sort of interesting dynamic of traditional commentators uh, calling uh, an NBA 2K match, which for fans provides a, a really like interesting and different element to what would be your traditional uh, shoutcast call, um, which is which is a bit more focused on the on the on the players behind the computers and and things like that, versus traditional commentators who focus a little bit more about what's happening on the on the court or in this case uh, the screen. <laughs> Um, you know, we're 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 talking in this um, the this the society that we live in with all of these advances in social media and 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 everything else is changing so fast, um, and and you you see some you know some you know major sports companies broadcasters you know some of them are you know still kind of uh, in the you know they're they're slow in their transition and everything like that um you know you think espn and the layoffs that they have to do after you know because they're losing money on uh, on these huge contracts that they had and and because just there's a different landscape right now and it's it's even more changing you know it's and it's even more changing with with someone like you comes in with with this capability um 
how would you how would you describe the current state of the of the sports broadcasting industry and maybe you know where do you see it where do you see it going yeah sure i mean it's it's really really interesting looking at um the amount of money that is being poured into uh the right to broadcast live sports i mean I think I saw what's the 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 the, the latest um, AFL uh, AFL is a, a local Australian sport, but the the latest AFL deal it's a sport which is only watched in Australia, but it's now going for a billion dollars a year oh, uh, in terms of the the rights to broadcast AFL in Australia, um, and the, this sort of uh, this is all being driven by. Uh, I guess competition from 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 new players like Amazon and Twitter and Facebook, all all coming in with deep pockets and and competing with the traditional broadcasters, and so like you say, it's re- it's really really sad to see that uh, the likes of ESPN are now having to lay off editorial staff and play by pay staff and um, other other areas uh, within their organisation because they spent so much buying the rights they can't afford to. Put anyone else around that uh, that sort of opportunity. So I think the the, the interesting thing is, look, they're spending more and more on rights. Um, presents a good opportunity for us. Um, I think when they're when they're spending more on rights, they're also having to spend more to defend that upfront investment. So if you think about something like ESPN, look, if you're spending what is it? I think eight billion they spend a year on NBA rights, something like that. It's a, it's a big figure. Um, when you're spending that sort of money. Um, you've got to figure out new ways to monetize that. You can't you can't just rely on the traditional ad model or subscription model to pay that all back. And so they're looking at uh, other ways that they can introduce new interesting sources of revenue, of which of which Spork is is is, is one of. Um, and I definitely think, look, the, the the whole underlying trend here is is just the shift to digital. Um, so my generation, uh, sort of being the the the, the sort of 20, 26, 27 and under, um, we just don't have TV subscriptions anymore. Um, and so not only are the uh, ESPNs of the world paying more for rights, they're also uh, seeing less come in on the other side. So, yeah, look, it's, a, it's definitely a state of flux at the moment. Um, I don't know if, there's, uh, if, if, if you've got any thoughts around sort of where, where it's heading, but um, it's uh, yeah, definitely a crazy time in the live sports industry. I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I really don't. I mean, and then you and then you take uh, let's call it non-traditional sport of esports that's coming in, and how is that going to be broadcast? And what you know is that how many people, how many viewer eyes is that going to take away from tra- traditional? Let's call them traditional sports. Um, you know, I mean, esports is absolutely humongous as far as as far as I can tell in 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 in, in many Asian countries. Um, and, and you clearly see that a lot of people think that this is going to be growing, you know, when you just let's stay in basketball world, when you see some of the big names that have, have, have thrown their, uh, their, their clout, you know, behind this whole thing, you know, the, the NBA D league is start, uh, NBA league, NBA is starting an esports league. Uh, in May next year, and you know, there's some big players that have already, um, you know, you I think, know I th- put I investments think, I think in. There. Things is, I think it's interesting looking at uh, how esports is going about a very different way of monetizing itself than traditional sports do. I mean, if you're if you're NBA or NFL, you make all your money off selling your rights, and so every five years you gear up for this. Uh, this this huge uh, this huge process of selling TV rights, going out to market, uh, trying to drive a, a sort of twenty to twenty five percent increase in uh, what you charged last time around. Whereas esports is built on top of micropayments and merchandising and game sales and a plethora of smaller uh, revenue streams. But I mean, you can imagine something like look. Imagine if I could if I could tip Steph Curry. Every time he, he, he hits a three-pointer, I can just do a microtransaction through NBA League Pass and throw a tip his way, and he gets 25 cents, 20 cents in the pocket um, from me and a million other fans. And then suddenly, for similar to what's happening in, in esports and with Twitch, you're able to add up all of these microtransactions, introduce a new revenue stream, and you've got a, a, a much different augmented, uh, I guess, income 
uh, income statement uh, than just relying on ESPN ponying up and, 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 and buying your TV rights for 25% more than what they did last time, which just isn't sustainable. Um, all right. I, in theory, we could talk for, <laughs> for, uh, for ages, and we actually had a nice long conversation before even the, this conversation started uh, recording. Um, so this is, uh, let's call the conversation. Let's, uh, let you tell the listeners how they can find out more information, pip your stuff, uh, all the avenues, um, you know, Facebook, uh, the website, Twitter, everything, let people know how they can get in contact with you or and find more information. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, well, look, we're, we're everywhere on social. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, look pretty much, pretty much just search Spork. So that's S-P-A-L-K. Um, I think it, sometimes people don't quite figure out what it stands for, but it's it's sports talk sort of mashed together um, is, is, is what Spork is. So, yeah, find us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, so on and so forth. Our website is www.spork.co. Um, yeah, so, look, I'd love to hear from uh, – Anyone out there who's interested at uh, either either from the commentary angle or uh, from the sort of content partnership angle, whether you're a broadcaster or a, or just uh, interested uh, passerby, love to hear from you. All right, fantastic. Thanks, Ben, for coming on, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again in the future. No worries. Sounds good. Thanks, David. Okay, fantastic stuff. Um, yeah, like I said, um, you know, this is actually something you can actually go do. Um, you know, you can uh, go contact those guys and find out if the team, the, the college that you're doing, uh, also other sports, you know, not just, uh, not just basketball, as he had said, <coughs> you know, if their, their game's going to be live and you can uh, do some commentary, go do it. You know, I'm definitely, uh, interested in checking it out as you can probably tell from the interview. Um, so yeah, great stuff and, uh, look forward to, to giving it a try and, uh, you know, I'll give you guys a shout out if I do do any games so that you can kind of, uh, listen in, you know, whatever, take part, whatever. Um, so I guess, uh, I'll let you go with that. Uh, last thing I need to do is let you know what you're going to be listening to. The song's called Our Breaking Hearts. Uh, it's by P&L Railroad. They've been on the... They've been on the show, I think, once. And um, so enjoy the next week of basketball. You know, starting to get into some, you know, uh, you know, the Christmas Day games are going to be interesting. College hoops is going to be. I really need to get into some, uh, check out some of the college basketball situation. Maybe, maybe have somebody on, um, uh, one of the reporters, uh, one of the main guys from, 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 uh, from the U.S. and see if we can't uh, maybe – uh, get a rundown for those who haven't really been able to keep, keep up with the college basketball scene. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, we'll let you go talk to you next week. Enjoy and, uh, yeah, enjoy the hoops.
How you doing? This is Andre Blatch from the Philippine national team. You are listening to Taking the Charge.